Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. In Mark chapter 8, the Lord Jesus taught his disciples that they need to deny themselves, just as he also teaches us that, so that Christ could be their replacement and become everything to them, as he wants to be everything to us. Although the disciples saw this revelation, they did not practice it or live according to it. To see the revelation is one thing, but to live it is another. This is Matt Miller with Francis Ball for another wonderful life study from Mark that will help us apply the revelation concerning Christ as our replacement. Welcome back, Francis. Very good to be here, Matt. Thank you very much. Francis, in our last few programs, we've covered the highlight of the Gospel of Mark, as Witness Lee called it, concerning the revelation of who Christ is with his death and his resurrection and the need for us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross daily. Now Mark brings us to a story that right after they came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, the story of the casting out of a demon. His disciples were frustrated about that because as Mark chapter 9, verses 17 through 18 tell us, and one from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought to you my son who has a dumb spirit, and wherever It seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth, and he is wasting away. And I told your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. Francis, how can we connect this story with the revelation we've seen in the last few radio programs on the highlight of Mark's gospel? Well, I'm just marveling always when we get into this gospel how Christ came as a real slave to his believers, to bring them into this truth and to this practice. I feel like we have a real picture here of what's necessary in order for us to be able to practice the vision that the Lord has given us. For many, many years of my Christian life, I did hear, and we sang songs about Christ is my life. And I knew that fact, but I have to admit, I didn't know much about the practice of that. So I'm very thankful for this program today, I believe, which has opened my eyes some, and I hope will open the eyes of many Christians who really see the fact that Christ is their life, their replacement. But how to practice this in our daily life, I feel we all need a lot of help in this regard. Well, Francis, of all the ones that we do radio programs here at, in the Living Stream Ministry, I'm I'm glad we have you for this one because uh, I understand you just turned 82 years old not too long ago, so uh, you've got a lot of experience in this matter, don't you? Well, a lot of experiences in some matters. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Well, let's go to Witness Lee now, and before we do, I'd like to read verses uh, 28 and 29 from Mark chapter 9. And when he entered into the house, his disciples questioned him privately. Why were we not able to cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot come out by any means except prayer. Here's Witness Lee. 
What is the main subject of this portion? This portion begins from one case. What one case? Right after the Lord with the three disciples came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, the uh, feast situation. The situation there was a big disputing between the crowd and the other disciples concerning a demon possession case. The father of this case begged the disciples to cast out the demons. You see, the disciples have been with the Lord for quite a time, probably two years. Many people got to know them. As a rule, they should be able to cast out demons, but they couldn't do it. So there was a big debate, and uh, the Lord came into that situation, and he checked. Then he did it. Right away, he cast out the spirit. The disciples got bothered. We couldn't do it. Yet it was so easy for you to do it. Why? The Lord's answer is so simple. This kind of a spirit or demon could only be cast out by prayer. And this indicates you disciples never prayed. <laughs> you know, what is to pray? To pray means you are nothing. You can do nothing. This is a real denial of yourself. You are nothing. You can do nothing. So you pray. To pray means not I, but Christ. <sighs> now you understand why this case follows the uh, preceding one. The preceding one <clears throat> unveiled to them that they have to be denied. So, these are just a practice. The practice of what they have seen. The practice of what it has been revealed to them. What has been revealed to them? That is, Christ is the entire replacement through his death and resurrection. Death annuls you. Resurrection brings you Christ. No more you, but Christ. How to apply this? By prayer. Okay, Francis, let's stop here and try to underscore this and make this as practical as we can. There's no way to apply Christ as our replacement, which is what we saw earlier in the Revelation, in the highlight of Mark, Christ is our replacement. There's no way to apply him as a replacement other than prayer. We'll get into this more as the program goes on, so we're not going to exhaust it right now. But I want you to share something about this from your experience. I do believe, Matt, that prayer, referred to here by the Lord in this portion himself, is really the denial of the self and self-effort. These disciples couldn't cast out this demon, and uh, the reason was that they didn't pray. Prayer really is a denial of your own power, your own energy, or your own intelligence. 
but a receiving of Christ as everything, life and sufficiency in every way. I don't know really how much I've realized this, but I do know that over my lifetime being in the ministry more, I've realized that I cannot do anything apart from prayer. And prayer is just the application of the death of Christ to me personally. I believe this is the secret to our being able to do anything for the Lord. We have to come to Him with full dependence upon Him and realizing that we can do nothing, we are nothing, and we have nothing. But by praying, it can be very simple. Just, Lord Jesus, I need you. Or, oh, Lord Jesus. This is an adequate prayer to empty ourselves of our natural ability or anything that we think we have, and trusting Him absolutely. This is the application of taking Christ as everything, as life to us, and making this practical in our experience. It's not two years of experience with the Lord in His accompanying Him that brought them this result. What did bring them this result was prayer. The applying of prayer to all the circumstances is our dependence upon the Lord and our applying the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ to our experience. Francis, uh, as you're sharing, it reminded me of Hebrews 11, verse 6, because praying is a matter of faith. In other words, they didn't have the faith to cast out that demon. And the Lord said to them, they're, they're puzzled. Why couldn't we do it? And he said, because this kind doesn't come out except through prayer. And I was thinking uh, this matter of faith in uh, Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith, it's impossible to be well-pleasing to him, for he who comes forward to God must believe that he is. And so our coming forward to him, we're believing that he is. Amen. And in a sense, we're believing that we're not. That's right. He is and we're not. We need him. And our prayer is an acknowledgment of that. When we call, like you said, in a simple way, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, even maybe that's enough. You know, in Romans 8, it says the Spirit has an utterance with groanings that we don't even know what to utter. This is very, very true. And I think we face things quite often in our Christian experience where we really are at a helpless state. We just realize we can do nothing in this particular case. And this is true almost of every particular case. Right now, Many of us are praying much for a brother who serves among us who's going through a very serious operation today. And we're just practicing that we can do nothing but pray. And by our prayer, we trust in the Lord absolutely. This is the practice I believe the Gospel of Mark is trying to bring us into, is to practice praying instead of doing Instead of trusting our own ability or our own wisdom, just to pray, Lord, I need you. Amen, Francis. That's a good example. It's not enough that we would know. We also need to pray. We need to exercise to uh, trust in the Lord in this way. Let's go back to Witness Lee and uh, see more of the practical application of Christ in our personal experience. We all know, we all have a little gopher. You know why that? Our temper. Don't you have a temper? Sorry to say, if you don't have a temper, you are not a man. <laughs> Only a piece of wood, it doesn't have a temper. You see, this stand, no temper. Regardless how much I strike the beacon. 
it will never lose its temper because it has no temper to lose. Husbands, everybody has temper. Wives, everybody has the temper. You know, what is trouble to my life? Our temper. Why so many divorces? Temper. How to get along? In no other aspect of our human living that we need Christ so much as in marriage life. In marriage life, you need Christ. How can you have the best marriage life? Not I, but Christ. Well, how to practice it? Pray. Pray. Don't try to subdue your temper. If you try that, you just save your temper. You will have a big deposit in the temper bank. <laughs> you subdue it. Don't lose my temper. Don't lose my temper. Don't lose my temper. You, you make one deposit. Don't lose my temper. Don't lose my temper. Another deposit. Don't lose my temper. After one week, wow. <laughs> This is what? This is to cast out the demon by yourself. <laughs> Not by prayer. Don't try to subdue your temper. Pray. We all know this. We don't need to pray too much. Just say, oh, Lord Jesus. Good enough. My, just such a short prayer indicates no more you, but Christ. You see, you just don't exercise yourself. You apply Christ. And this is the practice of the vision. Now you can see these 37 verses cover just one main point by prayer. Not I, but Christ. Francis, one thing I really love about this ministry, it's so practical. You know, even though Witness Lee came from China, they still have a temper bank in China. Just like uh, we have in this country, I think everywhere has a temper bank. If you try to subdue your temper with yourself and your natural man, you're just building up a deposit that will eventually become big enough and explode. I thought that was a, a great example. I wonder if you've had this experience with your lovely wife, Martha. This is uh, really a time for confession, huh? Well, <laughs> well we you, have, you've got so much experience, I'm just trying to tell My tap. wife and I have a practice to come together to pray, and we're learning to practice this kind of thing. And uh, I have to confess that sometimes my temper is right at the verge of exploding. And then she says, we better have our 15 minutes of prayer. Or sometimes I will say her, that to her. But at least coming to prayer is a big solution to this kind of problem, moment by moment. It doesn't last too long. You have to come back again. But I can testify that prayer is the only way to subdue this and practice living another life, living a life of another person. That person is Christ himself. He is our life, and we can only exercise to cast out this demon by prayer. Francis, I'm going to uh, repeat something you said at a wedding one time. You may not remember this, but I, I remember it. You were 
you were the speaker at a wedding, and and uh, you were giving some advice to a young newly married couple that day they were getting married, and and you you told them you said, now one encouragement is that you every night when you go to bed you should do two things, you should kiss your wife and you should pray with your wife, and uh, I thought that's a good word. I think it fits here. If we have a habit to pray, it'll sure help the uh, this gopher stay out of the marriage and. You see so many uh, marriages destroyed today by this gopher of anger, and this kind does not come out except through prayer, and uh, this is a real helpful word. Okay, let's go on to our final portion with Witness Lee, and I'm going to read these verses. It's from chapter 9 of Mark, verses 33 through 37. And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he questioned them, what were you reasoning about on the way? And they were silent, for they had argued with one another on the way about who was greater. And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. And he took a little child and set him in their midst, and taking him into his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one of such little children because of my name receives me. And whoever receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. Let's go back to Witness Lee and see this second example of uh, the practical expression of how we can deny ourselves through this matter of humility. Here's Witness Lee. Right after this, assumed that everybody understood, Peter, John, and so forth, they understood oh, by prayer. Not I, but Christ, by prayer. I'm nothing. I have to be denied. I have to be replaced by Christ. Not I. I have to pray. Very good. But this kind of training, you cannot get it done just by one practice. Okay? Right after this, <laughs> I think these uh, mean this 12, they have nothing to do. No more I, but Christ, he does everything. I'm nothing. I can do nothing, so I'm finished. You know what they did? They began to argue. Is Peter greater or John? When John heard this, John, no, I'm not so happy. So they argued. Then the Lord, (laughs) you see, they argued at the back of the Lord. If they argue in front of the Lord, the Lord didn't need to ask them. <laughs> they avoided the Lord. Yet the Lord asked them, What are you debating? They got silenced. No one dared to say anything. But the Lord knew what they did. So the Lord called some little one. The Lord taught them humility. You have to realize, dear saints, what is humility. Humility simply means I'm nothing. I'm finished. Humility simply means no more I, but Christ. Amen. Again, the same kind of lesson, the same kind of training. And this training is right after their seeing of that vision concerning Christ's person, his death to annul them, and his resurrection to bring in Christ as their replacement. They have seen such a vision. Such a thing has been revealed to them. Yet, 
they need to practice. In practical life matters, they need to practice. Well, in practical life matters, Francis, we need the practice. I, I think reading the gospel, especially here of Mark in these most recent Life Study radio programs, I've appreciated these disciples of the Lord who he's training, and they don't get it after one time. They need more training. Isn't that true with us, Francis? The first example was the matter of prayer. Now we touch this matter of humility. So, Francis, they were arguing among themselves who is the greater one, and they did it behind the Lord's back. They would never do this in front of the Lord, but then the Lord asked them what they were talking about, because he knew what they were talking about anyway. So they don't know, quite know how to answer. So he gives them this, this story to help them to learn the lesson of humility. I think he gave them a good demonstration of humility, taking the little child in his arms and saying how much they should love one another and so on. I feel like this is another time when we really need to pray. We need to know how to take Christ as our life and everything. Instead of being proud or seeking to be greater, we should be more willing to give in to others and receive others' portion even more than our own. But I think this is only possible by praying so that we get our life replaced by Christ. He lives instead of we live. Yet, if they really had the picture, why would they be arguing on the way concerning who would be greater? He just told them they have to deny themselves. This is the self. I'm greater than you, John. You know, I'm closer to the Lord. Well, what is this, Francis? Well, they no doubt had some argument in, along this line, and the, the Lord brings us to their attention very sharply and yet very tenderly and in a very demonstrative way. So I feel like this is a real lesson for us to learn how to be not just tolerant of each other, but really realize who we are. We're just another member of Christ, and we are just little servants of Christ. At most, we are failing. But the more we take Christ by prayer and by humility, the more he has the opportunity to operate in us and through us for the benefit of all. You know, Francis, as I'm considering the disciples here and how the Lord gave them the revelation. He told them clearly they have to deny themselves. And, and it's no longer you who live. It's You have to let the Lord live in you. It's, it's a clear revelation. And yet right away, they're not. They have the vision, but then they're arguing. Who's greater? Their self has not been denied. Someone used an example one time in pottery. You make a, a vase and you put a picture on it, but until you glaze it and burn that in, it's not really permanent. I think that's what the Lord does with us sometimes. He gives us the work of art, but then we don't get the picture. We don't get it. We don't. It, it isn't impressed into us until we go through that example. We start talking behind the Lord's back. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, we're fully in ourself, arguing who's greater, and then the Lord has to have a come in with the revelation in our experience to burn it in so we really get it. This is something must be done by the Lord repeatedly to uh, burden us and to help us to realize that we are nothing and that he is everything. Christ is our life and our living, and it takes a lifetime for us to learn this lesson. And my life is not over yet, and I'm still learning this lesson. And I hope today even I would learn it even more. 
that my life is of nothing, no value in itself. It needs to be put away through his death and brought again through his resurrection so we can live in the resurrection life of Christ. That's a good note to end on, Francis. Uh, We're nothing and Christ is everything. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you. And thank you also for uh, being with us. We hope you've enjoyed the application of the revelation today. If you'd like to get the printed materials, we'd love to give you our phone number and have you call us. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. On behalf of Francis Ball, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today. Hope you'll join us again for our next program as we continue to go through the Life Study of Mark. Millions of Christians have been strengthened in their faith through the ministry of Watchman Nee. In a recent release by Living Stream Ministry entitled The Overcoming Life, Watchman Nee sounds a call to the believers to pursue the normal Christian life that is hidden with God in Christ. The Overcoming Life is filled with truth, reverberates with hope, and brings the reader to renewed consecration. The Overcoming Life by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.